Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back. Oh, yeah, man, how you doing? You good? I know you like that. Welcome to the Saturday show, everybody. Hope you all are doing well on this Saturday morning. We are live on location once again today. We are up in Woods Cross at Murdoch Chevrolet. I'm Jay Catch, joined as always by Michelle Bodkin. Hi, Michelle. Hi. How are you? I, you know what, doing so well because it's week zero. It is. Yeah, we have games today. Um, now. The caliber of games across the board of, of week zero aren't necessarily um, stellar. No, but no. hey, we have college football. It, you know, it's it's better than talking about conference realignment or Cam Rising's knee. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> well, okay. Here's the thing. Um, we can still talk about Cam Rising's knee. Well, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to. It is a storyline. We can still talk conference realignment because the ACC apparently is just waffling every other day on if they want to take Stanford and Cal and SMU? I don't know. But. Well, you know, I mean, it's just, it was the Pac-12 waffling yeah, one way well, or another every sure. other week, and now that's done and over, so someone else it's, has it's to pick up the, the torch. Yeah, yeah, good point, so. good point. Very, 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 very solid point on your, <laughs> on your part on that. But yeah, we got plenty to cover on that. We'll talk about Utah. Uh, they, of course, open up on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. BYU's two days after that against Sam Houston State. Utah State is headed to Iowa Iowa City to take on the Hawkeyes, who have their own storylines in and of itself. But uh, let's kick off today's show before we dive into that by getting everybody's highlight of the week. I'm actually going to send it right back to the studio and have Sarah kick us off this week. Let's go. Oh, gosh. Um, My highlight, I don't even know. I'm glad to be back working. Like, games are back and going. Sure, yeah. For the Pac-12, which is kind of nice, even though, you know, things... Are looking grim in the future. At least we have today to look forward to. So, um, so that's been kind of nice. Just working a lot of soccer and volleyball, and now football today. So that's probably my highlight. I like that. Oh, hey. It's good to be busy. Let's put it that way. And you're right. The long-range prognosis, you know, a little iffy. (laughs) But nonetheless, fun all the same. Michelle, what do you got this week? Ooh. It's probably got to be a two-way tie between. So last week I went to um, FanFest. Okay, yeah. And it got rained out. Well, okay. Like, so I was at the Bees game that night, and I watched the clouds rolling in. The way they were rolling, I'm like, 
Yeah, this I, looks bad. I, told my, I was with my daughter. It was Princess Night at the Bees game. So, I, we, so I, I was like, Danny, we gotta, we're going to get food. I didn't like make her – she, she would have freaked out had she seen – I'm like, let's go get food. We walk back underneath. We're ordering food, and all of a sudden you just hear the downpour. And people just yeah. scrambling out of their seats. I'm like, okay, we timed it perfectly. But then I'm like, hold up. The Utah Fan Fest yeah. is tonight, too. Yeah. Anyways, continue. So, I mean, I, I'm thinking I'm going to time it so that – like it's up and going and yeah. it's like warm and I'm sure. not like the only person yeah. and nothing's going on. And instead I timed it for exactly when the downpour happened and everything <laughs> got torn down and shut down and everybody <laughs> was inside the South end zone. Uh, but so I, I had this guy with his two daughters and he asked if they could take a picture. So whoever you are like that, okay. like, Made my night. So, so you're a celebrity. We got no, it. Okay. no, it's yes. not. But like, I mean, it means it means a lot. It means a lot. So yeah. I like yeah. I haven't seen that picture floating anywhere. So if you are listening, please tag me in that picture, just because nice. like I like I love that you think that highly of me that that you want me around my your daughters and and things like that. Uh, the other one probably would be I had a really great interview with Lynn Roberts. This week I, I on Crimson that. Corner. I've had a chance to listen to it, but I saw the, the tweet the other yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. So um, you, she had a lot of great things to say. She had some very interesting things to say, especially, I think, about where she gets advice from. And okay. one of them was Coach Witt about recruiting. Interesting. She's, she's taken some advice from Coach Witt about how to recruit to her program, okay. um, which is absolutely fascinating but it's awesome that you know these coaches are helping each other out both in-house and out of house Uh, she also talked about a bunch of the Pac-12 coaches that were really helpful in helping her diagnose some of the weaknesses uh, in her team now it maybe backfired on (laughs) on all of them a little bit but but it's kind of nice that you know there isn't like that there's like the competition there but like there's not the pettiness of because I think there, there's this idea, at least in the women's game, that rising tides lift all ships. Okay, and and yeah. so, you know, we're proud of being a conference that's really high and good in Pac-12 women's basketball. And, and we want everyone to kind of raise the standards. So uh, I just I, there was some really good stuff. So if you haven't listened to that, I like I'm going to plug it. Please listen to it because. Uh, I think she's great. I think her team's great. I think they're going to be great, and that's going to be a fun season. But obviously, football first. Well, sure, and that, <laughs> that very, very good point there. But that's awesome. I, like, the thing is, we've had uh, we've had her on with DJ and PK two or three times, and. Okay, I don't mean this in a bad way. DJ and PK are very hard to impress. They've mm-hmm. been around for so long. They've done yeah. this for twenty. They're in their twenty second year working together now, and they absolutely love her. Yeah, they think she's absolutely awesome. That's why they keep having her back on because she's she both plays along with PK and all mm-hmm. of his hijinks. Yeah, and she also delivers, as you mentioned, good information, good mm-hmm. intel. It's 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 a not, it's not an easy balance to strike. Right, but right. she does. Yeah, no, she's really great. That's awesome. So yeah, check that out, Crimson Cor- Crimson Corner Podcast, KSLSports.com, also mm-hmm. wherever you get your podcast, right? Yep. Yeah, awesome. Uh, highlight of my week real quick is just uh, we're back in like the thick of my kids being in sports. My son has his first flag football game today. Uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Feels like it's going to be like herding cats a little bit because they are, they are young. But my daughter, uh, she is continuing just to absolutely astound me with her, with her cheerleading skills. Like She's like, watch this, and she does something I'm like, 
what just happened here? So, anyways, it's fun. I'm a, I'm a proud dad. Let's put it that way. Well, I'm, you should be. That's what I live for anymore, it feels like. But nonetheless, fun all the same. Uh, all right, so we got plenty to cover ahead on today's show. We're going to talk a lot of college football. Uh, we're going to get you ready for week zero games. Yeah. And, like, we do need to talk about the – okay, you know what? Let's get to it right now. Let's get to what's the big deal. <laughs> do you know who I am? No, I, I can't say that I do. I don't know how to put this. But I'm kind of a big deal. Really? People know me. I'm very happy for you. I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books. And my apartment smells of rich mahogany. (laughs) All right, so it is week zero, Michelle. And the, the, the funny thing about these week zero games is where these games end up getting broadcast. Mm-hmm. And the joke all week has been that USC, the number six team in the country, they're taking on San Jose State, which actually, of all the games on the slate, out really outside of the Navy-Notre Dame game in Dublin, Ireland, and what I feel like is Ohio and San Diego State, the USC-San Jose State game might be the best in terms of just overall matchup because you have Caleb Williams, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, and then also Siobhan Cordero, who's the preseason Mountain West Offensive Player of the Year as, as their quarterback for the Spartans. The problem is you got to find it on Pac-12 Network. It's not a problem for me. I know, but I'm just saying. <laughs> but yeah, for the, others, the, for others. I'm talking yes. about everybody outside of us <laughs> here in the Western United States. It feels like they're going to be like, hey, I want to watch USC. Where can I find that? And they're like, oh. And that's the thing about this is ESPN's primetime game tonight. Do you know who they have on, on the mothership in primetime? Am I going to be really sad? Yes, you are. Oh, no. UMass, New Mexico State. Woof. That is who is on ESPN. Ew. Meanwhile, USC with the reigning Heisman Trophy winner is stuck on the Pac-12 network. I don't know where this all went down, but this is like completely backwards. It does. I mean, that's actually really stunning. I, I guess the only thing I can say is get a better opponent. Something. I, 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 like. Because <laughs> I was looking at this. I'm like, how in the world did the Pac-12 networks like, scoop USC away from Fox, ESPN, like, whoever right, else? Yeah, but the bigger, the bigger name brands. Nonetheless, that's, kinda what, that's how it's going to shake out, it looks like, today. Now, Obviously, it's fun to have college football back. Uh, I had week three of high school football last night. I got a chance. To, I was calling the Lone Peak Corner Canyon game. A lot of D1 talent on both sides in that game, and mm-hmm. a, a lot of it showed out in big ways as well. But college football is a whole nother deal. It's just mm-hmm. there, there's, a, there's a feeling about it that, hey, fall's getting here. These are athletes that are – we know that college football is becoming more of a professionalized model. Yes. But there's still a lot of the love for the game in college still as well. And that's the thing I think I'm most excited for is we have Navy and uh, Notre Dame flying over to Dublin, Ireland. We're a, we're a Fox Sports affiliate here on the KSL Sports Zone. And in the mornings, the last two mornings, the morning show that leads into DJ and PK, uh-huh. they've been live in Dublin at a pub doing their show. Jealous. I know. I'm with. I'm jealous too. But it's been fun. They've been hyping it up and getting ready for stuff like this. That's kind of the pageantry and the the passion that college football brings. Absolutely. I'm, that's what I'm looking forward to most. What are you looking forward to? Oh yeah, it's it's. I, there is just a feeling that happens when college football yeah. is here. Uh, and it doesn't matter if Utah's playing. It doesn't matter if BYU's playing. Mm-hmm. Utah State, Weber State, like. You just can feel it when it's game day, and especially if there's, like, a big game at home, which uh, 
Utah has this year. And yeah. I like I it hasn't quite started to trickle through yet, but I think come Monday it's going to be very palpable. Like there there's just yeah. going to be this feeling about big time program is coming to this state to play a big time game. Okay, I don't mean this to be like a negative on this, but I look at this opener for Utah as maybe the, one of their best ever because yeah. traditionally it's been Weber State, mm-hmm. Northern Colorado, mm-hmm. Southern Utah. Like it's been the it's been the FCS game, and okay, it's fun to have the game back, but it's competitive for the first five minutes. Yeah, and then it's like okay, here comes here goes Utah, and they're steamrolling. Florida coming on the other hand to kick off a season on a Thursday night. SEC team, huge history. Obviously, the old ball coach Steve Spurrier, the, the whole the whole history that UF brings to the table. Yeah, that you're right. I, it's starting to really. I mean, hold on, Florida's going to be in Salt Lake City. I know, I know. Well, I, I mean, the SEC rarely travels out of their footprint, and especially the bigger brand. Yes, SEC teams. Yes, you know. So the fact that. Utah got Florida to agree to come out west. Like I am so excited. I am so pumped. I like I I cannot wait for the Florida fans to just kind of check out what we do here cuz sure. like football out west kind of has a bad rap, but I yeah. but I think we do it right here in Utah. And and I will, you know, I will happily include like BYU and and some of the other schools here just because even though like Salt Lake is a bigger city, mm-hmm. it's smaller in comparison to other places. We Correct. don't have a lot of professional teams, and so you know some of these games are the biggest ticket in town uh, until the Jazz start tipping off. So it it just it's exciting to be able to kind of showcase that. And and again, uh, you know, I'm not trying to say that. Utah is like Florida, like like or any SEC team. That's its own but thing. Yeah, it's it's its own thing. After having seen it and experiencing it last year, but like there's elements of it that are very very similar. Mm-hmm. It's just it's like it's SEC light. Well, and okay, I can back you up on that because we've had Yogi Roth on our station. I don't know how many times, mm-hmm. and I have a promo. That's, I call it an oldie but a goodie that I bring back around every so often. And he talked about Salt Lake City. He said I, he'd never been to Salt Lake before Utah joined the Pac-12. So this goes back 13 years. Yeah. But he said in his time covering uh, Utah and obviously them being in the Pac-12, he said Salt Lake City is what I consider to be SEC quality in terms of its passion for college football. He says, mm-hmm. you guys, and he's speaking generally, he, he included everybody in the state. You guys are in the middle of, he said, I think he said like the middle of March, and you're talking about quarterback battles. Meanwhile, the rest of the country's talking NBA, and we still talk NBA and whatnot. Yeah. But we, we're so hyper-focused on our local football. college teams because we don't have an NFL team here. Mm-hmm. The closest NFL teams are Denver and Las Vegas. Now. Right. So it, it opens up a huge passion that I think our fans in general in this state buy into. Yeah, it's fun to have Florida coming here. BYU, yeah, I know that Sam Houston State's not a headliner, but the fact that the, the – the season opener is here. Mm-hmm. It changes the whole feeling because oh, you've gone for nine months without football. And PK and I were talking about this earlier this week. The college football season really lasts for about three months. Like, oh, it, it's blink and you'll miss it. Yeah. Like, and it's, I remember last year, it kind of like the first month of it kind of feels like it goes by sort of slow. You're like, okay, like, You're wow, wow, we, bit, yeah. we we finally got through four games. <laughs> and then the last two months just goes by like that. And it's like, 
Oh, cool. Okay, we're done now. <laughs> it does. We're, we're thinking postseason, and then we are done, done, done for the year. Sure, and that that's the thing about this. is it, It's why it's so fun, because it is so finite, the period that you get to watch it and embrace it and cheer on your favorite teams, whether it's the Utes, the Cougars, the Aggies, Wildcats, whatever you happen to who you happen to root for. That's the best part about it. But at the same time, it just it, it's it's uh, I don't know. It's a really pivotal time as well right now because mm-hmm. we're going to see everything change next year. Mm-hmm. Cultural football playoff expands. Utah joins the Big Twelve mm-hmm. along with the other four corner schools, which I. I use that term even though I don't necessarily like it. It's just, it's more, it's easier than having to spit out every single team. Colorado, Arizona, yeah. say Arizona, and you, yeah, yeah, I get that. But there, there's a lot of change on the horizon. Yes. But at the same time, this season in and of itself, because every season's got its own unique characteristics to mm-hmm. it. But it feels like this one, and I, that's kind of what I want to ask the next thing for you, is because you're covering Utah, so you're, you're pretty focused here on the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. It looks like on paper this could be a banner year for this conference, even though it's in its, like, final year. I know. Isn't that ironic? (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's so ironic. I I just – like, a part of me wants to cry about that, and a part of me wants – We all kind of do, yeah. And a part of me kind of chuckles about that because it's like, again, we talk about things being the most Pac-12 thing ever. (laughs) Like, that is the most Pac-12 thing ever. Hey, we finally kind of got it together, and, like, our football is looking really good, but uh, we're also done after this year. Like We're we're, we're closing up shop. Yeah, we're closing up shop. We'll never be this good again. I don't know. But (laughs) it's a a wild thing to think about. But I, like – Again, and this is obviously looking on paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see once the games are actually played because thing, things could change. Sure. There, there are instances where teams look like they're going to be so good and then they end up not being good Correct. or teams don't look good and then they end up being really good. But I think between everything that's kind of gone on and happened, I think there's a lot of hurt feelings throughout the conference between people. Uh, I think... There's obviously the storyline of, you know, Utah's won it the last couple of times, so they have a big target on their back. Sure. Uh, you know, they're the team to beat right now. Utah, on the other hand, I know would love nothing more than to be the only team in the history of the Pac-12 to, to win it three times yep. and, and maybe even launch themselves into, a, you know, if all things go well, maybe slide into one of those four spots in the college football playoff or or have another shot at another New Year's Six Bowl Mm -hmm. and maybe break through and get that win kind of off their back. Uh, So there's just a lot of things kind of going on that really I think could bubble and fester and just make this an incredible, incredible season. And then, of course, we've already kind of touched on it, talked about it, the fact that Utah's opening with two big games you know Baylor's a good team too uh you know Baylor's not a, the typical run-of-the-mill you know whatever kind of team that Utah has typically had on their schedule so to have back-to-back games like that and then go into that Pac-12 schedule that they've got mm-hmm. I like and knowing that Utah is most likely going to be a very good team again this year 
opens up a whole realm of exciting possibilities, at least while while we don't know for sure what the outcome is. Games haven't kicked yes. off yet. There's, that, 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 that's the biggest thing is we, we spend so long looking forward to this, but once they actually take the field, the storylines change mm-hmm. because the actual action is happening and you have to kind of reformat of what you think was going to happen versus what the actual reality is. And that'll be the fun part about it, but the other thing about this, and there's one thought I've had about this, and I'm going to run this by you, is BYU played Baylor in 2021 down in Waco. Mm-hmm. It, it was it might have been about a month after the official invitation was extended to BYU to join the conference. And Baylor is obviously going to be a conference mate. Mm-hmm. And they were hyping it up saying, okay, BYU, it's a measuring stick game. for This is what they're going to be going up against yeah. on a week-in and week-out basis. I've got the same thought. This is exactly kind of what Utah is going to be facing. They're going to Baylor, and I know that we're looking beyond what this coming week has with Florida. Yeah. But at the same time, you gotta be if you're Baylor, you're like, all right, we got we introduced BYU to the Big Twelve brand of football, yep. and then we get two years later, we're doing the exact same thing with Utah potentially here. Yeah. And it's gonna be very interesting because you're right. The the hype for Utah, that's the fun part is you have two really big games. You're starting out the season with a bang. I mean, you're 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 off and rolling. Now, you go out and lose one or two of those games. Yeah, may it totally changes the narrative. Sure. Um, totally changes the narrative and and the feelings. Obviously, we saw last year Utah can recover from that yes. and, and be just yeah. fine, but it does change the tone at least early on in the season if Correct. if you lose one or two of those games. Now, I want to ask you on this in terms of looking ahead to Thursday night because it's game week. Utah's mm-hmm. already in game prep mode. They've been doing that. They're operating as such. Uh, we saw the depth chart pop up. Yes. Cam Rising, clearly the starter. Yeah. Bryson Barnes, number two, though. Uh-huh. So I, I think that ends any debate about, okay, is it Nate Johnson, is it Bryson Barnes? Now. Does it, though? We have had, yes. Uh, that's the other thing. I brought up on social media. Well, Kyle threw a curveball at, at us with Washington State last year, obviously, with Cam Rising's warm-up. And all of a sudden, you know, Bryson, you're going. Get in there. Well, and. Uh- and here's an interesting thought. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's true one way or another, mm-hmm. but what if it's just that Bryson's number two? Well, that that's a great point. Like, what, and, he's and, clearly, and they're not going to list Nate Johnson unless yeah. he has to be number one. They clear, they, they're like he he is the number two guy. Like that's just what it, he is. It, yeah, it it could be. Sure, it could be. Now, uh, also depth chart wise, because this came out, and I, trust me, we all we all were like. Yeah, okay, run, scanning through it. Okay, a <laughs> couple of points I wanted to talk about. Okay, let's uh, hear it. Spencer Fano, mm-hmm. true freshman, starting yep. at left tackle. Yep. His first college experience is, is, is even 18. I remember how old he is, but he is going up against an SEC defense. Yeah. Okay, and there were people out there like, well, why are they throw? I mean, here's the thing. I watched that kid in high school. Mm-hmm. I was absolutely floored at his skill. He's just so fluid. He understands the game at a deeper level than most freshmen do. I'm really impressed that he is the starting left tackle. Your thought? Yeah. I, I mean, it's incredibly impressive. I think I saw a stat that this is the first time Utah is starting a freshman for game one since 2020. Okay. So, you know, it's not something that happens very often. Mm-hmm. And if I believe also that, that like it's maybe only happened twice at the tackle position. Okay. Like, so, I mean, no, they don't, they don't typically throw a freshman to the fire. Yeah. Now, you know, I like, cause fans do what fans are going to do. Right. They, they worry and they pick apart. Well, does that mean that nobody else was good? No. Like this offensive line unit is really good for Utah. They could probably come up with, four or five, I think, different lineups sure. with the guys that they have, mix and match however they want. 
what this says, though, is that this is the best five combo in their minds, at least in practice. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that translates to games. It could be different. And, and the good news is they have other people they feel confident in. If it doesn't work out, they can plug someone else in. And it, it probably will be fine. It probably will be fine. Uh, I don't I don't. I don't think there's any reason to worry or fret, but the fact of the matter is Kyle and company has been doing this for so long. They would not put Spencer in this position if they did not feel confident that he could do it. And they've clearly been seeing things in practice that indicate that he is more than ready for this role. Now, other thing I noticed on that, because I'm really impressed with that, Sato Olaume will be over on the on the right side, and I think that's a really nice pair of bookend tackles. And you mentioned the offensive line. I got no problem with Jim Harding. Anything yeah. he, I feel like he says, I'm going to go with that. I'm like, okay, you've got a track record of putting out pretty good offensive yeah. line play. So I, I'm looking at that. Now, defensively, I was very impressed that Keanu Tanuvasa is starting over Samote Peppa. Mm-hmm. Your thought on that one? Uh, you know what? Keanu has worked his butt off mm-hmm. like that that has been the report out of camp Keanu has done everything he possibly can to get ready be prepared and be able to take that position now there's also some question about there's been some reporting that the defensive line is a little banged up as well uh, so you know there there is some question there as to you know is Samote maybe one of those players that's banged up and he would otherwise be in the two deep. Sure. Yeah. But the other part of it is, uh, and I've seen this pointed out a couple of times, is the two deep doesn't mean as much on the defensive line for Utah as it does They're you rotating. know other positions and yeah. stuff because they are constantly rotating guys through and they have come out and said that they have a group that they feel like they can kind of rotate through and keep it fresh and keep keep everybody hopefully healthy and, sure. and ready to go. So, uh, you know, but regardless, it doesn't change the fact that Keanu has put in the work. Like, he has put in the work to be ready and to be one of those guys that can be in that rotation, regardless of whether he's the one, the two, the three. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter because, again, they they just rotate through guys. Now, when it comes to – because this defense is expected to be one of the best that Kyle's ever – Kyle Whittingham Mm -hmm. and Morgan Scali have ever fielded. And that's got to tell you something I feel like in terms of if a guy like Keanu Tanovasa can beat out a guy like Simote Peppa because Peppa, to me, I love the kid. I think he's absolutely phenomenal. Oh, he had some great moments yeah. last year. And the nice part is you also have Junior Tafuna, who is also just an absolute stud. He's just an absolute rock in the middle of that defense. But then looking at the linebacking core, I'm, just, I'm stunned at the depth they've got. Karene Reed, Lavani Damuni, uh, Lander Barton are your starters. But then mm-hmm. you have Josh Calvert, Sione Fotu on this, Justin Medlock. And it feels like, to me, they could have gone three or four more guys. If they want to do like a three deep, they easily no. could have done that at linebacker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I talked with Colton Swan, and I was like, I, you have guy, enough guys, I think, that you could do even a four-backer set. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah, I, I mean, if, if – the offense that we're playing against calls for, yeah, we can e- we can easily do that. Like we have guys, we have guys that we feel confident in. I think one of the more interesting ones to me 
is that Josh Calvert has worked his way up the yeah, roster. He's been buried. Uh, he's been buried for a little yeah. while, and I know some of that's been a health thing as well. Uh, but it's nice to see that he's finally healthy and maybe in a place where he can contribute. And then, of course, you have Sione Foto that uh, play. I believe he played in 2020, if I'm remembering correctly, okay. and then went on the mission, showed really well in that shorn season, uh, but has been gone for a little while. I believe he was back here last year. Uh, had to kind of knock some rust off and, and get back into things, but it looks like you know he's in a place where he's ready to contribute, and so it's going to be really exciting to see someone like him back out on the field again. Uh, no doubt about that. Okay, a couple, just two other quick notes I had, for just chart wise, I wanted to run by you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jaquinn and Jackson, number one running back. I was actually really impressed there was not like four oars. I know, all these I know, right? Yeah, they, that's they, a little out of character. They listed Mike <laughs> McKay Bernard as the backup, but then. We're not even mentioning Chris Curry. We're not mentioning Jalen Clover. I was stunned that it was a clearly delineated starter backup. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I mean, that's not typically how Utah has rolled, I mm-hmm. think, in situations like that. But I think that probably really just indicates where Jaquindon's at, the work he's put in, yeah. and even Makai, too. Uh, but, but don't for a second think that you're not going to see some of these other guys. Like, they're, again, this is another yeah. position group that's rolling deep. And I think... You know, this this depth chart just would have been way too long if they had listed all the oars <laughs> with every position well, okay. group. Here's the thing. We had BYU a couple of years ago list, like, the Frodo position. And their, like, they, had, they, were, like, they had, like, 17 defensive positions. I remember looking at that depth chart, and I'm like, what in the world well, just What happened? is this? I remember asking them, like, why just like, well, we want to make sure you guys had everything covered with regards to our personnel packages. I'm like, coach, no offense. The lay fan, and even me as a media member, I don't know what a Frodo is in your defense. <laughs> a hairy little hobbit. Yeah, that's what yeah it but is. they had it said Frodo, F R O D O. I'm like Frodo. <laughs> they had like, and they like, they had those different names. I'm like, okay, here's the thing. Unless you're going to be sitting next to me and telling me, okay, uh, yeah. whispering Fro- in my ear, the Frodo package, Samwise Gamgee sitting next to me, I'm like, hey, Frodo's <laughs> in there, like. Okay, so I'm actually okay with them being a little like little more concise. Yeah, but okay. yeah. Here's how it because you easily yeah you could extend that out. Okay, real quick one more one on this. Uh, Brant Keithy mm-hmm. listed as the starting tight end. There's been question of his availability. What are you hearing on that front? Don't expect him. Okay, for Florida. Got it. Don't right. it, fair yeah. enough. Super easy. <laughs> Super easy. But he is when he's when he is cleared. Mm-hmm. Easy. He's the I, guy. I was told three to four games in. Okay. Well, and that. Here's the thing. That could be the Cam Rising situation as well. We don't know yet on both we, of those players. We don't know yet, but I will I will throw out the Cam Rising situation is sounding a lot more positive 24 hours okay. later than it did initially early on. Sweet. Well, hey, that's good so to hear. So we'll see. Hey. Not cleared yet, but we will see. Michelle is the Utah insider for a reason, folks. Let's, let's be very clear about that. Yeah. All right. Uh, we will take a time. I'll come back on the other side talk some more football. I want to talk a little more on BYU side of things real quick. Uh, first, we're going to be joined, though, by Lindsay here. We're here at Murdoch's Chevrolet up in Woods Cross back here. We were here two weeks ago, Lindsay, and uh, I didn't. I walked in. And there's a really cool sign outside that says 97 years, obviously. And Murdoch's have been in business for a really, really long time. You guys are celebrating big time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely we are. And part of that celebration is we've got uh, over 12 new Silverados on our lot. You can get up to $7,000 off on the half tons. Wow, okay. We've got uh, several HDs out there. We've even got uh, box work trucks, um, work trucks with uh, service bodies uh-huh. on the back. And uh, So no matter what you want, you got options. Absolutely. Yeah, we actually have over a, a 100 
probably pushing 150 used cars as well with trucks. So Okay, so we I remember talking to you a couple of weeks ago about the used car deal. How, is the market still strong on that? How are things looking used cars-wise right now? Market's still very strong. Um, you can bring in trades. We, we pay um, good value on the trades. You can actually take a look at uh, – Almost anything. Sure. Yeah. yeah as far we've as what options, we've got yes. here, yeah, we've got uh, we've got some pretty high end used cars, and we've got a lot of those cars that kind of fits the niche with that fifteen twenty five thousand dollar range as well. Now, uh, of course, Chevrolet and All American brand, we all know this. Uh, in terms of what what has been the hottest like model in the Chevrolet run right now? Like, do you have you guys have one that's like going out the door faster than those? Because you mentioned the Silverados, like uh, yeah, some... Silverados is always I, I guess as they say the golden calf yeah, of sure. Chevy. Yeah, but uh, the new Chevy Trax okay. is just we. I don't think we've ever had one that has hit the the I, lot that hasn't been sold. Got it. It's already it's already already been spoken sold. for. Yeah, spoken yeah. for, and and we've got a bunch coming in. The Trailblazer is one that uh, the Trax is going to probably take over but the trailblazer has been a, extremely popular as well now obviously uh, people can stop in you're here all day how long are you guys open for today on, on We're saturday open till eight yeah so you got options yeah. you can come in and check it out talk to Lindsay. talk to the entire staff here it's great it's hard it's hard to miss this place also by the way absolutely like as i look it's the, the address officially is 27 2375 south 625 west and woods cross here's the thing Get off the 2300 south exit. 2600. Sorry, 2600 south yeah. exit. Hang a left. It's right here. Yep. You can't miss it. It's right off I-15. Stop by. We'll talk with you as the show progresses. All right, Lindsay? All right. Thank you. All right. More in a moment. Uh, we are live once again here at Murdoch Chevrolet and Woods Cross. Stop on by. Pick up some jazz gear. Get some candy. Say hi to Michelle because apparently she's a celebrity having people taking pictures with her. Hey, you know what? We'll, we'll take care of you. More in a moment. This is the Saturday show on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, the search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Saturday show live on location today in Woods Cross. Just has a listener take some uh, jazz swag uh, out the door with him. But appreciate all you stopping by. Come by and check it out. Uh, $7,000 off Chevy Silverados. That's that's not nothing. Let's put it that way. That's a pretty yeah, significant. That's, that's a good chunk of change. Absolutely. So stop on by. Love to see you guys. Uh, you can get some candy as well if you got your kiddos with you. No matter where you're at on this Saturday, we're just off the freeway in Woods cross stop on by we'd love to see you guys and say hello all right michelle let's dive back in and talk some more football now uh with regards to the uh, week zero slate uh mm-hmm. here's the thing i i love the overseas idea like d- playing in dublin for notre dame and uh navy i actually if, if you're gonna play week zero 
I think you should do more stuff like this. Yeah. Send teams abroad. Now, we had Arizona, I think, play in Australia not too long ago, maybe five or six years ago. Cal also did yeah, that. Yeah, Cal did. Because uh, the Pac-12 had a little run where they where they were trying to send Australia. I would if you're gonna if you're gonna play one of these games where these like, it's a novelty where you're not playing the full slate of games not week one it's still the week zero. Mm-hmm. If I was the NCAA, I'd essentially tell them, hey, like find something unique about this game. Go yeah. somewhere like for like Dublin, for example, like mm-hmm. play somewhere unique or play in an like an iconic venue that maybe doesn't have college football all the time. I right. just try and spice it up a little bit rather than. Hey, we're playing UMass in New Mexico State in Las Cruces, New Mexico at 5 o'clock Mountain Time on ESPN. Yeah, big yawn. <laughs> uh, you know what always made me so kind of sad about the Australia thing with the Pac-12? Why did you never ask you? Because that was like at the height of when yeah. they had like Tom Hackett, sure. uh, yeah. Mitch Wisnowski. Like, bring them to Australia. Yeah, yeah well. Like, it, it, they're freaking superstars here. Like, Bring them to their homeland and let them kick the pigskin yeah. or kick the bacon. That's the what bacon. it was. Kick Make the bacon. Tom. Yeah, that's the greatest thing he has ever said. Probably <laughs> Tom said a lot of good things in his in his media career, but kick the bacon made me. I just was rolling listening to that one because you're right. It, it's like why wouldn't you take advantage of that? Because there's the whole thing with right now on the BYU side of things with the Big Twelve. They want to make mm-hmm. that push into Mexico. Right. You got to guarantee BYU is over there just raising their hands saying, "Yep, yep, me, we'll me, do me, it." Me, 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 they me. have they there's north of one million members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Mexico. It's the largest population base of members outside of the, the United States in the entire world. Like, you have missionaries all over that country right. and members. Why wouldn't you say, yeah, we'll play Mexico City, we'll go to Monterey, we'll do all this stuff, because it, it gives you a, a built-in, I guess, I don't want to say fan base, but a, a built-in hook to get people to come out to those games. You know what's going to happen? Utah BYU in Mexico. I'm totally okay with that. I'm not going to lie. Let's. <laughs> I need a brush. Now, brush up on my uh, passport. Now, first. The, now the biggest thing is that they they've said that the right now it's going to be mainly basketball are going to be the the actual in season contests uh, in Mexico City. They want to open a bowl game in Monterey though. Right. Right. Which hey. If you can get, uh, but here's the thing: if that bowl game gets off the ground, who's to say you don't send a regular season football game down there at some point? I mean, why not? Why not? Like, I mean, we've talked about this before. I, it's going, it's going to end up being the biggest rivalry in, oh, yeah. in the Big Twelve. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. It, uh, you know. Sorry, to, Farmageddon. Like, it's not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, y'all just have no idea what you're in for, and it terrifies me a little. Like I've said, I'm not super thrilled and excited about this, but sure. I, I, but. From a purely like marketing and branding standpoint, like it's it's perfect. Yeah, it is perfect. From a having to live with people standpoint, maybe not so great. <laughs> sure, but that 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 that's the fun part about this rivalry. It exists literally in everything. That's- oh my gosh! Yeah, see, and I'm very much a let's turn it off when we don't we don't need it. Well, I, but I, and I get that. But, you know, I know I'm maybe a little bit of a rarity but on it, that end it of it. It stirs up passion. That's the thing <laughs> it about does. it. Is it, people, it does. People are all in on it at all times. That's the thing about it. Like, it you, is. You can say the most innocuous thing on social media, and if it's in some person's mind on either side of BYU-Utah fans. Oh, my fans, gosh. Like, they think you're, you're a, taking a, like a shot at them. Off well, you go. Well, I mean, for instance, what Kyle Whittingham said about. Oh, yes. Like, I mean, how how does that 
start like how it, does that kick a hornet's nest? Though, but I mean that's just that's just what this rivalry is. Yeah, and, uh, the, and if you're trying to catch up on that, Kyle Whittingham, he's been a broken record on this, by the way. Yes, this, this is not no, this is nothing new. new. He has gone on and said that hey, he he sees radical changes, like mm-hmm. radical. He thinks that the Super Conference era is here and it's coming faster than anybody expects. And Kyle, he's kind of he's the one guy who's been like, I'll, I'll say the quiet part out loud. I don't care. Like he, yeah, but. For whatever reason, either people weren't paying attention and it got kicked up this week that he, well, he thinks it's going to blow up. He, he does think it's going to blow up. There's a lot of people in the college football world who think it's going to blow up. Yeah. Now, does that mean, and we've talked this on DJ and PK, is it going to be the top 40 teams? Is it the top 50 teams? And does that mean that does Utah and BYU in particular, because obviously those are of interest to us here mm-hmm. in the state, do they make that cut? Do they get inside that field? Is it one? Is it both? Yeah. Is it neither? Is it like... <laughs> Yeah, like that. There's just a lot to consider here, and at the moment, we don't really know. But and I've been on record as saying this as well. Mm-hmm. You know, this this Big Twelve thing, in my opinion, yeah. is very temporary. Okay, it's very very temporary, and and I don't mean that as a slight or to be mean or to be rude. It's just the way things are going. That's what it is. These networks have an idea of what they want, and sure. they're going to cherry-pick and move and tweak and take what they want and leave the rest. And so if you don't think for a second that there isn't some risk that some of the better programs that are currently in the Big 12, mm-hmm. and as of right now, Utah looks to be one of them, we'll see who else emerges. But if you don't think that it's in the back of BYU's mind that, hey, we got to make the most of this opportunity because sure. we don't want to be left out. While Utah's over there sitting and thinking, we got to keep this going because uh, we don't want to fall off and get left out. Mm-hmm. Like, it's on everybody's minds. That, like, I can promise you the people in those back rooms are thinking about this constantly and they are scrambling to try and make sure that Utah, BYU, you know, whoever else, TCU, sure. um, whoever else in that conference is ready to go in case the call-up comes. Now, that and that therein lies kind of the debate on, on the timing of all this. Because that was kind of the one thing. is like, Kyle, I, I think the comment was two to three years. or so, I, I, I don't remember the exact phraseology he used on it. But there's a lot of people that are saying, well, the, the media rights deals are set for the next six-ish years. Because that's the 2031 is when the Big 12 deal is up. And there's a grant of rights. Obviously, it's been signed by all the members, including the incoming. They have to sign that. Here's the thing. Whether it happens two to three years, whether it happens in five or six years in the early 2030s, it's coming. And mm-hmm. to your point, if you're BYU in Utah, yeah, you've got to be playing your best ball. Because here's the thing. Had Big 12 expansion, I'm talking about when BYU got in, had that happened in 2016, mm-hmm. USF probably gets in ahead of UCF. Totally. UCF had fallen hard. They went 0-12 one year. And USF was rocking and rolling at that point. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people saying, okay, the Bulls, okay, they're the ones to go pick up. Well, it didn't happen. All of a sudden, UCF figured it out. They had Scott Frost. They have a fantastic run as their head coach. They got back winning. USF went into the tank. Mm-hmm. Guess what? When the actual expansion happened, who did they take? They take the Knights. They don't mm-hmm. take the Bulls. That's the concern you've got to have if you're BYU and Utah right now. You have to maintain, uh, to your point, BYU's got to take advantage of this. Utah's got to maintain. maintain. Because both, I I think, have the potential to be right on the edge. Sure, yeah. But, like... They're they're in talks. They'll they'll be with teams that are being debated. Yes. 
and they've got to be, just be proven like we're good. Here, enough. Here's the thing: you neither one of these teams want to be the debate. Well, may, maybe. Well, yeah. maybe. No, you want people going into that room and being like, "No, we we want them. They're coming. You're yeah. coming." Yeah, it's it's gonna be an interesting time. I and that, but to, back to the point. That's the rivalry that mm-hmm. exists in all yeah. things. And that's what uh, – here's the thing. The Big 12, I'm seeing their fans online. They're like, man, these BYU and Utah fans get after I, it. I know. And I'm we sit- do. We're sitting over here like, yeah, well. Yeah, welcome to the party. Well, welcome in. <laughs> <laughs> so, good times. All right, uh, we will take a time out here. We'll come back on the other side. Uh, we'll dig into uh, technical fouls in hour two of the program. we got five minutes left. we got plenty more football to talk as well. Some more to come on the Saturday show right here live from Murdoch Chevrolet in Woods Cross. Stop on by. I'd love to see you guys more in a moment. This is 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. You're coming from the street with dirty shoes on your feet. That's it, technical foul. If you switch the radio to some modern music show, that's a technical foul. If you touch the thermostat, you'll get hit with a bat. Cause that's a technical foul. You will feel my wrath. Personal file, 69, office. He was giving them the business. A technical foul. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on 97.5 FMD KSL Sports Zone live today at, at the Woods Cross Murdoch Chevrolet location. Love for you guys to stop by. We'll talk with Lindsay here in a moment, but it's time now for technical fouls. And uh, we were talking in the break, and Michelle and Sarah both uh, have the same one they picked, and it's it's probably the biggest technical foul of the week. There's no doubt about it. Uh, so, Sarah, I'm going to let you uh, kind of explain uh, what happened here. Um, yeah, so... If you guys didn't know, the Women's World Cup just happened. Spain came out victorious. And in the celebration, there was some um, unsolicited activity between the president of the Spanish Federation and the players. He, like, kissed one of the players on the mouth, like, forced it upon her. And she was not okay with it, did not consent to it. And so it's caused some disciplinary action by FIFA to open a case against him. Um, They ended up suspending him. The most recent news that came out is that he's suspended um, amid the investigation because yesterday he was saying that he refuses to resign. And yeah, it's just so... There's been so much drama surrounding the leaders of this Spanish team going into the World Cup and now like this to add on to it. It's like, come on, dude. Like... What is wrong with people? I just don't get it. Okay, so let me insert also on this. He was he has had calls for his for him to step down. Mm-hmm. And this yes. is the thing about this is the coach had fifteen members of the Spanish national women's Spanish national team essentially say we won't play for this dude. This is over right. a year ago. Three of them ended up playing for this version of La Roja Furia, who won the women's World Cup. So. First time they've ever won it in the women's side of things. Fantastic accomplishment. It's been sullied by all of this. Yes. And this dude, <laughs> I I got no kind words for him. Michelle, what do you what 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 is your take? You know, I like yes, I wanted to talk about this because yeah. I like I've talked about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I have gone through exactly this. Okay. Uh, a year ago, I I had someone force themselves upon me. Um, 
just kind of heading into sure. the football season. It's something that I am still dealing with now. Sure. And it is very frustrating when you have someone say the things that this guy has said. Well, I'm not stepping down. It, I was just caught up in the moment. Like, BS. Yeah. BS. And, like, driving up here, I was trying to think about, like, the best way to kind of explain just how ridiculous that argument is. And the two things that I came up with, kind of more hypothetical land, but just to, like, paint the picture of why this just doesn't work, is imagine imagine that Ruth Watkins is still the president up at Utah. Okay. Kyle Whittingham and the Utes win the national championship, and Ruth Watkins comes up and plants one on Coach Witt. Like, yeah. can, can you imagine the... Or plants one on Cam Rising. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can, can you imagine the outrage over that uh-huh. and how people would say that's unladylike, it's inappropriate, uh-huh. it's this, it's that, who does that? The whole referendum. You know, a whole thing. Why is it that she will get chewed out in that instance. Or if I did that, I would get chewed out. Like I would be laid out. Mm -hmm. But the attitude towards something like this is, well, guys will be guys. He was just, he was just caught up in the moment. No, no. Yeah. Miss miss me with that. (laughs) Again, as someone that has dealt with this and has heard like the person that I'm dealing with has made up excuses as well. And Oh, by the way, there are other women as well. So it's yeah. a pattern. It's also a pattern of behavior. Sure. And th- here's the thing, this guy, because he, he he, trust me, he's been had people from all corners of the soccer world and even beyond that, like actual government officials in Spain. Like, okay, dude, get out. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, like, this guy was like, he's like being defiant about it. And I'm like, what are you doing here? Like, it, it, it's <laughs> what so, are we it's doing here? <laughs> so common in these cases, though, unfortunately, yeah, like, from personal experience. Like, there's not, not many more technical fouls. I'm gonna give just a quick one to the 49ers because the Trey Lance gamble is over. Oh man, yeah. Like we, we <laughs> trust me. I'm a Niners fan. I'm I'm jaded as I'll get out about this. You traded away th- three first round picks to move up to number three in the draft and go and get Trey Lance. Uh, it just for them to now ship him off to Dallas for a fourth round pick. Okay. Way to go, guys! Like, but the, you're right. This is the, the fact that Spain is still dealing with this, and this guy has not gone already. Yeah, is just who 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 calls the shots here? This guy should be out on his rear end yeah. on the curb. Should have done that four days ago. Because because if it was opposite, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that person would be gone. Yeah. Anyways, well, uh, we know FIFA is not the most moral organization <laughs> either, so it might sure, but <laughs> it might take a sec before this gets done. And it's just so yeah. frustrating because women's sports, especially women's soccer, has come so far, uh-huh. and then it just reminds you that it still has so much further to go when something like this happens. Well, it's and, ridiculous. And Gianni Infantino, who is the president of FIFA, he's running the, the global organization, got up on a podium down there in Australia and said, well, now is the time for women to prove that they can like like be like a force. And it's like, well, here's your opportunity to do yeah. that. Meanwhile, you guys are just sitting on your hands. Way to other, go. Otherwise, right now, you're basically saying that they're objects and property. Thank yeah. you. You're, it's a, you're a bit complicit in all this. It's, it's a bad situation all the way around. I got, Like I said, I got to hold my tongue a little bit because <laughs> there's other words I want to say about what this <laughs> I know, should right? happen to this dude. Yeah. Anyways, uh, but we will get back to uh, – there's an actually interesting thing I want to talk about next. It popped up in the college basketball realm, Michelle, okay. this week between BYU and Kansas State with a transfer between the two and mm, Jerome mm-hmm. Tang. 
I want to play the comments from Jerome Tang about Quez Glover and BYU. I want to expand it out. I'll, I'll explain coming up next. But before we do that, we're going to talk with Lindsay here at the Murdoch uh, Chevrolet here in Woods Cross. And, Lindsay, we were just talking when you were last on about the fact you guys have, you said 12 uh, Silverados on the lot. That's a, that's a big thing right now is actually having multiple options for people to come and check out. Yeah, not not only that, but a lot of the used Silverados we have okay. are yeah. actually – basically new oh sweet okay so 21 22s we actually have a 23 brand new colorado that's technically used with just a how few does it thousand 23? miles <laughs> just a few thousand miles okay. All someone right. decided it must have been too small form or something uh-huh. it's a gorgeous truck we have that we have um, new colorados okay. here as well with the new uh, design okay so you can come on in and check that out and well as a guy who once upon a time drove the old s10 the Colorado looks far better than my S10 ever did. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. I think Chevy hit it out of the park with the new design on the on the Colorado. This is just a beautiful truck, absolutely. inside and out. Yeah, the, the, the well, I, I just recently got out of a Chevy. I absolutely love the thing. I, I, in many ways, I still wish I had it in certain circumstances. But they they know what to do with it when it comes to consumers. They they make it so it's it's really really comfortable. But at the same time, your functionality is absolutely incredible inside the car as well. Absolutely. They've done a whole redesign. If you sit, uh, a, a lot of the vehicles that we have, sports cars and stuff, they yeah. call it the cockpit, yes. actually. Yeah. yeah, cockpit, yeah. Yeah, so if you actually sit in there, yeah. everything is just right there, steering wheel, uh-huh. push buttons, everything like that. So it's they, they make it as about as simplified as you can get. Now, you guys are celebrating 97 years with the Murdochs. Uh, what all does that entail for you guys? What all you got going on? Well, right now, as we celebrate that, being 97 years in the business, you can get up to $7,000 on select Silverados, the the half tons. And part of what we like to do, too, 97 years, we feel that we've done it right. Well, as I say, when you're nearing the century mark, you've done something. Yeah. (laughs) So we do like to to follow our uh, mission statement that Mm -hmm. when you come through these doors, you feel like family, and we, we love to treat people like family. Well, absolutely. Well, we'll continue to talk with you throughout today's show. But the last thing I got for you guys, uh, for you, Ace, in particular, is when it comes to people stopping in here, do they stop by the front desk? Who, who should they talk to when they get here? Well, you should. When, when you pull up, you should. Uh, salesman will meet you right at the front okay. doors. Yeah. They'll, they'll actually greet you with a warm and friendly smile okay. and ask how they can uh, be of service. And we'll just take you from uh, there to driving off in a new car the old slogan you are the heart of our business right there you go all right we'll talk more with you throughout the rest of the show all right Lindsay. yep all right more in a moment uh hour two of the program underway momentarily right here on 97.5 fm the ksl sports zone two years ago americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport she was tear gassed and beaten Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.